Welcome to Furniture Industry News for Wednesday, November 1st, 2023 from FurniturePodcast.com, where you can stay up to date on the latest news surrounding the ever-evolving furniture industry. In today's episode, we'll cover the rise in residential furniture orders in August, the top retailers in the Wood Furniture Scorecard, GigaCloud's acquisition of Noble House Home Furnishings, the Credit Card Competition Act's aim to exclude China Union Pay, Wayfair's Q3 revenue increase, and Flexsteel Industries' net sales decrease, but net income increase. New residential furniture orders showed positive growth in August compared to the same period last year, with 72% of surveyed furniture manufacturers and retailers reporting an increase, according to accounting firm Smith Leonard. The total value of orders also rose, reaching $2.6 billion compared to $2.3 billion in the previous year. However, it is important to note that these figures may not present an accurate reflection of the industry's overall performance. August 2022, orders were down 34% from August 2021, and the numbers from 2021 were down 14% from 2020. While year-to-date orders remain stable in terms of value when compared to the previous year, approximately 40% of survey participants reported an increase. In contrast, orders year-to-date in August 2021 were down around 29% from the previous year. Shipments in August experienced a decline of 17% compared to August 2022, and there was an 18% year-to-date decrease. This drop follows a 6% year-to-date increase in 2022 versus 2021. Smith Leonard suggests that shipment results are confusing due to the accumulation of backlogs. As orders began to slow, shipments were still possible due to the large backlogs. However, backlogs have seen a significant decrease of 51% from August 2022, indicating a return to more normal levels. Regarding other indicators, receivable and inventory levels appear to be in line, with a 32% decrease in inventories. However, factory and warehouse payrolls continued to decline in August. Overall, the residential furniture business is experiencing sluggish growth at best, according to Ken Smith, founding partner of Smith Leonard. Rising costs of living and mortgage interest rates are impacting consumer budgets, leading to reduced spending on furniture. Smith warns that the leading economic indicators have been declining for over a year and a half, leading to predictions of a shallow recession in the first half of 2024. In the meantime, many parts of the residential furniture industry are already in a recession in 2023, highlighting the need for preparedness and resilience in the face of ongoing challenges. Despite these difficulties, the October high point market received a positive response, with attendees expressing enthusiasm for the showcased products. It is expected that consumer interest will revive once they return to the stores or receive recommendations from designers. While furniture orders continue to trend upward, shipments have persistently declined. Nine retailers have received top marks in the latest wood furniture scorecard, while an additional 26 retailers have achieved high scores. The Wood Furniture Scorecard is a collaborative effort between the National Wildlife Federation and the Sustainable Furnishings Council. Its purpose is to encourage furniture retailers of all sizes to implement strong policies that promote responsible wood sourcing practices throughout their supply chains. This year, the scorecard assessed a total of 127 companies. 
The goal of the Wood Furniture Scorecard is to address the issue of illegal wood sourcing and deforestation, which has been prevalent in the industry. Scarlett Tapp, the executive director of the Sustainable Furnishings Council, stated that the scorecard serves as a tool to drive change from within the industry as well as raise consumer awareness. Tapp also mentioned that consumers are increasingly interested in knowing the origins of their furniture. To be considered a top scorer, retailers needed to achieve a score above 29 points. In this year's scorecard, all nine top scorers achieved a minimum of 30 points. Cisco Home and Fivo Design led the rankings with 35 points each, followed by Model No, Crate and Barrel, Minted Space, Sea Green Designs, IKEA, Target, and William Sonoma. High scorers, who achieved between 20 and 28 points, included companies such as The Arrangement and the RE Store. The scorecard has prompted positive changes within the industry, with more retailers adopting corporate policies to protect forests and conducting due diligence on the materials they source. Top and high-scoring retailers are also requesting more detailed information from their vendors about the wood's origin, chemical inputs, and social equity aspects related to the manufacturing process. These retailers are actively seeking certified or reclaimed wood vendors. Barbara Bramble, Vice President of International Conservation and Corporate Strategies at the National Wildlife Federation, stated that this year's scorecard demonstrates the growing responsibility of furniture retailers towards sustainable wood harvesting. She emphasized the significant impact that consumers and retailers have in tackling unsustainable logging practices and safeguarding global forests. GigaCloud, a leading B2B e-commerce solutions provider, has successfully completed its asset acquisition of Noble House Home Furnishings. The transaction, valued at approximately $85 million and funded by cash on hand, encompasses various assets such as inventory, warehouse leases, websites, domain names, trademarks, trade names, patents, customer contracts, and sales channels associated with Noble House's distribution of indoor and outdoor home furnishings. Larry Wu, the founder, chairman, and CEO of GigaCloud, expressed great enthusiasm about the acquisition stating that it aligns with the company's core strategy of establishing a diverse and large-scale B2B marketplace, offering distinctive high-quality products. Wu highlighted the significant addition of warehouse space, exceeding 2.3 million square feet, which will strengthen distribution capabilities, inventory management, and customer outreach. Iman Schrock, president of GigaCloud, emphasized the strategic value of this acquisition, as it expands the company's operations into Canada and introduces a new sourcing origin in India. This move enhances geographical diversity within GigaCloud's supply chain, while bolstering fulfillment, logistics, and overall product diversity within the B2B marketplace. Schrock further highlighted Noble House's strong market standing. Exemplified by over 1 million five-star reviews online and the inclusion of renowned brands Christopher Knight and Okioki. GigaCloud's involvement in the asset acquisition came as it was named a stocking horse bidder for Noble House, following the latter's Chapter 11 bankruptcy filing. With this acquisition, GigaCloud aims to revolutionize large and bulky goods procurement, sales, and logistics, promising unprecedented growth, success, and an enhanced B2B buying and selling experience for all participants. Marshall Burns, CEO of Noble House, expressed excitement about the collaboration, anticipating remarkable achievements as both companies join forces in their shared mission. 
the Merchants Payments Coalition has emphasized the need for the Credit Card Competition Act to prevent China from entering the U.S. payments market. In a letter addressed to members of Congress, MPC stated that the only effective measure to block China Union Pay, China's credit card network, from the U.S. payments market is through this proposed legislation. MPC expressed concern over the increasing involvement of China Union Pay with Visa and MasterCard, the two dominant payment networks in the United States. They argued that this association posed a significant risk to U.S. payments. Furthermore, they highlighted that the infiltration of Chinese payment networks into the U.S. could jeopardize the security and privacy of Americans' financial data. China Union Pay, which is controlled by the Chinese government, has become a member of the governing bodies of major U.S. payment organizations, such as EMV and the Payment Card Industry Security Standards Council. MPC stressed that there is currently no law preventing any credit card issuer from collaborating with China Union Pay or any other foreign network that poses a threat. The CCA, reintroduced by a group of senators and representatives, aims to address credit card swipe fees, which have been a significant financial burden for merchants. The legislation would require banks with assets of at least $100 billion to process cards over additional networks, not owned or controlled by foreign governments, to promote competition and enhance security. Importantly, the CCCA would prohibit China Union Pay from being enabled on U.S. credit cards. It is estimated that the bill would save merchants and customers approximately $15 billion annually. Wayfair has made significant progress in its turnaround efforts, as evidenced by its strong financial performance in the third quarter. The company reported total net revenue of $2.9 billion for the quarter, a 3.7% increase compared to the same period last year. This growth can be attributed to the 5.4% increase in U.S. revenue, which reached $2.6 billion, while international revenue saw a decline of 7% to $372 million. Additionally, the company achieved a gross profit of $917 million, representing 31.1% of total net revenue. Niraj Shah, CEO, co-founder, and co-chairman of Wayfair, expressed confidence in the company's ability to achieve profitability while investing in growth. He highlighted the adjusted EBTDA of $100 million and positive free cash flow of $42 million in the quarter. The active customer metric also showed improvement indicating positive year-over-year growth. While reporting a net loss of $163 million for the quarter, down from $283 million during the same period in 2022, Wayfair's diluted loss per share decreased. The company's active customer base slightly declined to $22.3 million from $23 million a year earlier. The average order value was $297, and the LTM net revenue per active customer stood at $538. During the earnings call, Shaw highlighted the success of product categories like mattresses and pet furniture, which have outperformed expectations. Wayfair's broad selection of mattresses across various price points, along with value-added features such as financing and in-home setup, contributed to its success in this category. The company also benefited from promotions related to pet-related holidays. Looking ahead, Wayfair anticipates revenue growth to be approximately flat in the fourth quarter, with a gross margin between 30% and 31%. The adjusted EBITDA for Q4 is expected to be in the low single-digit range. 
Shaw also acknowledged the success of Wayfair's recent Wayday promotion, which exceeded internal forecasts. FlexSteel Industries, the full-line furniture resource, has reported a slight decrease in net sales and an increase in net income for the first fiscal quarter ending on September 30th. Net sales reached $94.6 million, down 1.1% from the same period last year. The decline was primarily driven by $2.2 million in lower sales of home furnishings products through retail stores, a decrease of 2.6%. This reduction was offset by unit volume and product mix, as well as a $1.1 million increase in sales through e-commerce channels. Net income rose to $752,000 compared to $289,000 last year. Furthermore, the gross margin increased to 19.5% from 16% in the same period last year. This improvement was primarily attributed to expense controls related to materials cost and strategic cost savings initiatives. The company also noted that its GAAP operating income stood at $1.9 million, or 2% of net sales, compared to $400,000, or 0.4% of net sales in the same period last year. Other highlights of the operating results include an increase in SG&A expenses to 17.4% of net sales, up from 15.2% in the same period last year. This increase was due to investments in growth initiatives. FlexSteel ended the quarter with $3 million in cash balance, $118.3 million in working capital, and approximately $27.6 million available under its secured line of credit. Despite macroeconomic headwinds affecting industry demand and consumer spending on higher-priced discretionary purchases such as furniture, company president and CEO Jerry Dittmer expressed satisfaction with the first quarter results. He highlighted their ability to compete well and gain market share, pointing out that excluding the impact of ocean freight surcharge elimination from the prior year, their sales growth was a robust 6.8% for the quarter. Dittmer emphasized their focus on profitability, innovation, and brand building in order to drive future growth and enhance profits. Stay tuned to Furniture Industry News from FurniturePodcast.com to stay informed on the latest updates in the furniture industry. And make sure to subscribe for future episodes.